Hi, Onyx family. Welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Every episode, we take you on a journey, moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx Life, creating happy homes and financial empires. Today, we're going to be talking about how to make money online. So today... We're going to talk about all the different ways you can make money online. We've, in the past several episodes, talked about some of our challenges that we've had, some of our um, successes that we've had, and we found that some of the best ways to make money today are businesses or things that you can do online. We want to talk about it today because we don't want to just share about the things to avoid. We want to give you tools and start to introduce you to the world of online business. Now, it's not to say that there aren't great opportunities that are offline. Um, opportunities like real estate that can give you an incredible amount of income. Um, many of you are probably familiar with some of these things like flipping homes, especially um, as the housing economy collapsed. So many people lost their jobs. Unfortunately, sometimes the best way to make money is off of uh, something bad that happens to somebody else. And um, if you read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and some other uh, financial uh, gurus, they will also give you some other um, avenues like laundry mats and parking lots and things like that that are good streams. And we're going to take some time to talk about a few of those on another podcast. But But one of the reasons why we prefer and that we have really invested in how to make money online for ourselves and we have achieved success at it is because it gives us what we really need which is not just an ability to make income but it also allows us to be able to make that income while we are at home and while we can pretty much live anywhere that we choose to live so uh, so part of the benefit um, and we'll just be upfront with you. Part of the benefit of making money online is the comfort factor that you are able to uh, do it from home and be able to do it in a way that it gives you a little bit more flexibility than if you're dealing with something that is more brick and mortar. Absolutely, which is very important to a lot of women, especially and men, so that they can be there for each other, their, their partners, their children, and also just to have more flexibility to be able to take your business anywhere. You can travel, you can go visit family in another state, and you don't have to take time out. You, number one, you don't have to ask for permission to go. Number two, you don't have to have uh, your money flow stop. And number three, you get to stay productive and active and involved in what you're doing without feeling like, you know, what's going on. It, it's a really good feeling to be able to, you know, open up your computer and see what's happening wherever you are. Besides the benefit of um, making an incredible amount of money, one of the first benefits that we achieved was we were able to move where we really wanted to move to. Um, it was a part of the United States that we had always said, this is where we want to move to. And we were able to do that as soon as we were able to establish a stream of income online. Yes. In fact, some people said, why did you guys move where you live? We live in the South right now. And one of the reasons why we, like Marthel said, was because it was a special place for us because this is where we went to college and we knew our kids were heading off to the same college. And we also had um, his sister who was out here. And so it was a special place for us. And we wanted to live there. We could have chosen anywhere. We could have said, oh, let's go live in New York or L.A. But another good reason for us to uh, make the choice that we made was that it was a better cost of living. So now, you know, our finances could really stretch. Right. And we could live very comfortably out here without having to worry about so much overhead. So that was another um, choice, but that's the thing. It was our choice. We were able to go wherever we wanted. And I right now, we could pick up and 
have probably another place somewhere else if we <laughs> wanted. But, you know, we're really comfortable where we are and we don't really see the need for that right now. But that's the thing. You want choices. And so online businesses give you a lot of choice. We're not saying that other ways don't make you money. But what we're saying is that online businesses give you the most freedom, the most flexibility. So I know some people that travel the world doing this because that's, that's one right. of their value systems. They want to travel the world. They want to experience different cultures. And so, um, yeah, flexibility. Definitely, um, we, we would be amiss if we did not mention probably one of the greatest opportunities that online money brings to you. Because, of course, the Onyx life is wealth. And wealth is not just money. Wealth goes far beyond money. It's how much time can you spend with your family? How many, um, Can you live where you want to live? Can you live the way you would like to live? How do you spend your days? Um, how do you do your downtime? And all of these things, I find that making money online enables you to live that life that you've always wanted to live. Yes. And another big um, plus for online businesses is that everyone has a phone. So it means that whatever you are marketing or selling or doing online has the potential of reaching millions of people. And no other time is that so much as, is that as accessible as it is right now to the general public. Before, there were gatekeepers that could tell you, well, whether or not you were quote unquote worthy to have your face, your book, your class, whatever it is in front of the world. And now you can open it up and you can do whatever you want and have it in front of millions of people. I always tell some of my um, friends or family that talk to me about business and they always say, yeah, but you know, what about, I want to buy the store on the corner, you know, what about that? And I always say, that's great if you want just that corner store crowd. I want to just follow up on the whole concept of the gatekeeper. I completely agree that there, like no other time, we are able to uh, find success in so many varied areas of life that if you go back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we would not be able to enter into those fields like music, like writing books. If you didn't have a publisher, that was it. If you didn't have a record producer that was uh, discovering you, forget about it. But now more than ever before. And so we want to just get right in there and we want to start talking about how to make money online. And we have at least probably 10 different ways of how we can make money online. And so we're going to start off by talking about selling products. A lot of the areas that we're about to discuss and share with you, we have tried it for ourselves and we actually have had a level of success with them. We decided to go with some of the ones that we had gotten um, a large or a great degree of success, but we are revisiting some of these again so that we can create even more multiple streams of income. So we're going to start with selling products, selling products online. If you're interested in selling products online, pay attention. So one of the first areas that people usually think about or think about getting into are Amazon and eBay. So let's talk about eBay first. As many of you know who are listening, eBay was the place to sell things online for many years until Amazon grew into the behemoth that it is right now. And so now Amazon is the place to be. The interesting part though is that Amazon has a lot of rules in place, a lot of rules. And they really specialize in making sure that whatever you sell needs to be new. In order to sell anything that is old, um, either it needs to be a used textbook or it needs to be classified into collectibles. Other than that, they want what you're selling to be brand new. They're very, very much about customer service, which is great. On the other hand, eBay has less rules. You can sell, you know, almost like a ball of cat hair if that's what you want. <laughs> but um, the traffic on there is not as big as Amazon. But some people enjoy the flexibility and the um, less rules. And so there's pluses and minuses for both. There are positives and negatives for both. But clearly, um, a lot of people are making good, good money on Amazon. But when you focus on either one, you can make a lot of money. 
And so how you do it on eBay or is what you do is you you have a product. It's at your house, usually, or a warehouse. You list it. People come. They can auction on it, or they can just purchase it with a buy it now. On Amazon, it's a little different where you can keep it at home or a warehouse, but you can also send it to one of their warehouses. And that is actually called FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon. Now these warehouses are all over America and Canada, and they have them in the UK, and they're just global. I think that they're building one in Australia. I'm not sure though, I think that's what I read. Um, and they're in Europe, they're just, they're all over the place. And a lot of old malls that we all used to go to back in the 80s and the 90s are either now being torn down and some of them are actually being replaced with these FBA warehouses. So what you do is you, you can have a product that you buy or that you make or whatever and you can send it over to this warehouse and it gets checked in and the product goes live. And people when people buy it, Amazon takes care of the shipping. With eBay, unless you have contracted with a um, another warehouse, you have to keep that product at your house. The reason why um, you may want to really seriously consider FBA is because the customers like FBA. Anytime they're looking for a product, they're actually looking for it to be fulfilled by Amazon. Part of the reason why is because it's free shipping. But the other part is, is that it's really reliable. It's supposed Whenever, to be two days. It's usually in two days. And everybody wants something really quickly. So they want it for free and they want it really quickly. And so if they want you... want shipping for free. The shipping for free. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, they love the product for free too. But, right. but they want the, the, the shipping for free and they want it quickly. And so if they're always looking for the FBA first, even, even myself, every time I'm looking for a product, I look for the FBA first. Well, you look for Prime. Prime. Yeah, that's right. Prime first, because Prime will get it to you in two days, and then fulfilled by Amazon is Prime. So, and and then and then once you are able to do it through FBA, you almost guarantee that you're going to get the first sales off the top. And then if you don't do FBA, it's not that you're not going to get the sale. It just means that you're probably going to get the after sales. Right, so... If you don't do FBA or if you don't sell through sending the product to Amazon and you have it either at another warehouse that's not affiliated with Amazon or you have it at your own house, you it will be something called merchant fulfilled. And yes, you will still make sales because I think a lot of people are so savvy now with online shopping that they don't always expect it in two days. They are willing to wait if they want it bad enough. There are people who are willing to wait almost a month. I ordered a swim cap from South Africa. wasn't offered anywhere else but on their website. And it was a special swim cap for my hair. And I waited so long, I forgot I even ordered it. It came months later. But I was happy when I got it. And I knew, though, that it would be delayed shipping anyway. So if, you, if the people want it bad enough, they will buy it. Another way to sell on Amazon, using those methods is something called private labeling. Private labeling is when there's a product that is pre-made, but there's no brand, there's no branding on it. So for example, you know, you can, a t-shirt, and it's just a cotton t-shirt, a white cotton t-shirt, there's no branding on it, but then now you slap your label, your design, all of a sudden that's yours, or um, supplements. You know, vitamin C tablets. There's lots of companies that sell vitamin C tablets. You contract with them. Say, I want to buy this certain amount, um, wholesale prices usually. You design a label. You slap it on there. You write a nice description. You can even use their images. And you list it, and now it's yours. In our last podcast, we uh, talked about um, private labeling that we did where we um, were private labeling some supplements. We did turmeric pills and we did some fish oils right and we went through the entire process we picked the labels we picked the packaging we picked the product and we wrote up descriptions and everything and we had our own uh, product online and it mm -hmm. began to sell it didn't sell as well as we wanted it to sell because at the we time. did not take the time 
to really drive traffic to it. Right. Now you can get some organic traffic on Amazon, but you there is a there is a strategy to selling private label because if if you're going online and you're searching for vitamin C tablets and you're already familiar with I don't know, whatever nature's brand, own nature's or, own, yeah, yeah, something like that. That's usually what will number one rank the highest. Number two, people will actually type that brand in. But if you're coming in with your brand, now you have to put it in front of as many people as possible. And how you do that is through um, through free giveaways where people can now write an honest review from the giveaway that you did, or you can pay for ads. So there's a strategy to it. And and at first, you might not receive as many sales, but the more you keep going, um, it will start rolling in until you don't even have to worry about it anymore. That was several. That was several <clears throat> years ago. It was when we first even just started with the the whole idea of going online and making money uh, through those means. Now we have revisited it through our brand, our Onyx brand, and now we are having way more success. So it really is a learning curve, and we are just shooting out ideas here for you guys so that you will step out and try something. If you don't step out and try it, you won't be able to eventually get the success that we got. Right. Now, we have to have a caveat about why we're getting so much success. We are able to promote it through other channels. We have social media. Of course, we have our YouTube channel. And now we even have this podcast. So the more places that you have advertising your brand, clearly you're going to get a lot more sales. But um, one of the things with private labeling that really is extraordinary about it is before let's just say someone said i want to sell vitamin c pills but i don't know how to make vitamin c pills you know at first your thought is do i have to build a lab in my house like what (laughs) what do i do i have to go to school and do chemistry like what do i do and so that's why there is it's just such a wonderful thing online business because the barriers are gone and now you are able to do the things that only certain people used to be able to do. The only thing you have to do is develop the right online marketing because then you can sell anything. And so, you know, that is something it's worth taking a course for online. It's worth looking at how to make Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, learning CPC and all those things that may be very unfamiliar to you. But once you know it, you know it like the back of your hand. And again, you can sell anything. Now, another thing that you can do online with selling products is something called drop shipping. Drop shipping is when you list a product, but you don't have it in your warehouse or your house. You don't have it in Amazon. It actually stays with the manufacturer. And then what you do is you integrate your account with theirs so that when someone places an order for a product that you list. So let me back up a bit. One of the best ways to drop ship is on Shopify. Shopify is a software where you can now build a store in like seconds. It's just one of the best apps there are websites there are. So let's say I said, I want to build a shop around hats. I, I go to Shopify. I say I, you put in what you want your store to be named. If it's not taken, like I said, Hat World, um, you can say Hat World and then you can now sell you can now sell a hat. So what you do is you go to Shopify and let's say you want to sell sunglasses. So you say sunglass world, if that's not taken. I I actually think it's taken by someone, but I'm just going to use it as an example, sunglass world. You go there, you put the title in, it gives you themes that you can actually create a store with, and then you start listing products. Now you're saying, well, where do I get the products? Well, there are tons tons of wholesale warehouses companies that have millions of product waiting for you to list and drop ship and so i go to let's say worldwide brands or another great app is called oberlo oberlo is something that most drop shippers use and you go on there and you just start searching products you put sunglasses in and a lot of products will pop up And what a lot of people don't tell you is most of these products are coming from Alibaba or AliExpress. You might not have ever heard those names, but let me tell you, the the creator of that is probably one of the richest men on earth. And Alibaba or AliExpress is the Walmart 
of the online world. It's where you can get products for dirt cheap. And the interesting thing about Alibaba and AliExpress is, is that you can get things on the penny. And if you turn around and sell it for three times, four times, and if the price is right, five or even up to 10 times, you can make a lot of money very quickly, especially if you're trying to push volume. A lot of these products come from China. So some of the, uh, the quality of it is probably not the best. But not everything has to have necessarily the best quality because most of our products that we have in the store are made in China anyhow. But you can get in on on the game. It all depends on the factory, really. Um, the, The thing about it is, though, is that with these products from AliExpress, you're going to have a little bit of a delay in shipping. And that's where people are sticklers. So now you're going from Amazon Prime where you're getting it for sure in two days to now something that might come in three, four weeks. But again, if the if someone wants the product bad enough, they will wait. If you what and if you're a seller, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you have enough in stock so that you will be able to uh, fulfill it as soon as possible and you don't have to wait for um, that product to go through customs and to go through the shipping customs and everything like that. But you want to test the product out first to make sure that it is marketable to make sure that people want it and once it starts to roll then you can ramp up and you can begin to store it in your own warehouse or store it wherever so that you'll be able to you'll be able to always have the 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 demand and supply because what you don't want to do is is to frustrate your customers not having demand and supply right you can test products by having they're by by integrating it with your store so that when a person comes to your store and they purchase maybe one of your sunglasses that you that you have listed instead of them waiting 12 days or 20 days where where they would get it what you would do is you would then see okay this product is very popular i'm just going to buy a lot of them wholesale then have it at a warehouse they have tons of warehouses all over the US where they will take care of your shipping like uh, Marthel was saying, then you can actually shorten the shipping because it will be coming straight from here in America, but the product, you would have bought it from Alibaba. And if this is sounding confusing, we are just giving an overview today of many areas. We will be going into all these things in detail. really detailed in um, different podcasts. So basically, there's drop shipping through Shopify, and there's something that a lot of people are doing is called Facebook ads and Instagram well, ads. Well, you might want to back up a little because did you explain like drop shipping exactly how that works? Okay, well let me yes, okay let me let me explain now and just a little bit clearer what drop shipping is. Drop shipping is when you do not have the product. The product is at the manufacturer. You are listing it on your store, and you are integrating the software so that. When someone, or and you don't even have to do that, you can actually go and tell the manufacturer this person placed an order for this product. Most people have their shop integrated with the, like Oberlo, for example, that app, so that as someone makes a product, it's already automatically, sorry, so when somebody pays for the product, it's automatically shipped out and they take care of all of that. The reason is because if you really want to get good volume, you cannot individually place thousands of orders per day. It's just too much. So what that will do is they're buying it from you. It's shipping from the manufacturer, and that's why it's called drop shipping. Um, And a lot of stores do that because it reduces the overhead because you don't have to have a warehouse. You don't have to purchase the product initially. See, Amazon FBA is great and all, but you have to have bought the product already. So now you're hoping it sells. And I, when we talk about in depth in Amazon FBA, we'll talk about the fees incurred, storage fees, plus the fee to sell it and so many other things. When you have your own store with Shopify, you make your rules. You know, you, you make your shipping rules. You do everything on your own customer service which has its highs and lows, but at the same time, it's all within your control. The we, best thing is, though, you have to have a strategy in order for people to come to your store because most people are still going to Amazon. So we, with the product that we had when we first started with the private labeling, we had it stored in a warehouse. Well, there's a shelf life on the product, but there is also 
um, a storage fee for annual storage. So if you have too much product and you don't move all of that product, you're going to incur fees for the annual fee and you potentially may have to throw out some of your product because if it's one that expires like one supplements that expires, right. and that was for private labeling right where you were that company that made it actually not only gave us the product but they were able to store it into in their warehouse right but if you had if we were drop shipping the same product the difference would be that we would not have to have that product in our warehouse somebody else would have to take that risk and have to deal with those costs all we would be doing is just really uh, supply and demand to the customer um, and we would be sort of like the middle person right but it depends on what you want out of it do you want to actually build a supplement brand then you private label do you just want to build a store where you sell supplements from a variety of brands drop shipping is better right so now I want to get into Facebook ads and Instagram ads this was pretty a pretty new concept for me I, I already knew about Facebook ads for marketing purposes but I didn't know that there are people now who are just creating Facebook ads and Instagram ads and they are actually linking it to their AliExpress or Alibaba accounts and they're just shipping it from there. There is no middleman. There is no Shopify store. They are just selling products straight from the Instagram ads, which I thought, wow, this is new. <laughs> I mean, there are a million ways to do this and people are finding it. And so people are finding a lot of success doing that. Um, a lot of people will also use Instagram influencers. So what they do is some people will build a Shopify store, some people won't, but what they'll do is they'll take a product that they've picked from, let's say Alibaba or AliExpress, and there are other places where people get products. I'm just talking about the most common. And what they'll do is if they, they will find an Instagram influencer with a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of conversion, conversions meaning and engagement, meaning how many people actually click like and comment on the pictures. And they will say to that Instagram influencer, hey, I'll give you a certain amount of money if you will um, put on your timeline my, my basically my ad showing this watch that I want to sell. And so what they do is they pay that person, that person puts it on their post, their followers say, oh, this watch. And they go into and they go and press shop and or, or buy and then the products get sent. It seems very simple, which it is. But of course, there's always strategy involved. So that's basically selling products online. I mean, there are other places to sell like Etsy and, you know, where it's a lot of handmade stuff. People are making um, people are selling products on Jet and Wish and um, Walmart even is selling is opening it up for other people to now sell on there. So there's a variety of places. It would be impossible to go over every one of them, but that was the main places, places where people are selling and how they're doing it. So the next way we would like to talk about making money online is writing books. Now, writing books, we have tried this ourselves and we have had a level of success with this as well. And it was really incredible just to watch your book being sold all around the world that's really you know it, it's just a really great feel that mm -hmm. you could actually write something and somebody else way across the world will buy it or right here in the united states and you know just watching the books come off the shelf really was an exhilarating feeling because not only are you making money but you also are getting the sense that you are able help to shape the lives of other people with your thoughts and with your concepts and so Writing books is a really great opportunity. Like we said, there is no more gatekeeper. You don't have to go through a publishing house anymore. You don't have to wait for somebody to approve your writing. Um, you really can go straight to the source and self-publish. And Rita's just going to share a little bit about that. Yes. One of the things I really like about writing online is that it is passive. It's real passive income. Um, a lot of times... People look for passive online income and then they say, okay, so I'm going to go and sell products. It's not passive at all to sell products. It's flexible. It's, you can make a lot of money doing it, but you have to stay on top of your account. There's customer service. There's a lot of different things. But with writing a book, you basically write your book, you put it up there, and then that's it. Now, yes, you can market it, strategize it. Once you build a good backlist, which is like, let's say maybe 10 books, 
it almost markets itself and you really don't have to think about it that often. You might have to change a cover every, I don't know, every few years to keep it fresh. And still, it's still the most passive thing that I've seen online. Um, so one of the area places, one of the platforms that people usually sell their books on is on Amazon through Kindle, Kindle publishing. Um, there's also selling it through iBooks and Barnes and Noble and all that. And usually people go through other gateways like um, Smashwords and um, what was the other one? There's, 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 a, there's several companies that actually publish your books through those as well. Now, one of the reasons why people like Kindle especially, since it's Amazon, they get so much traffic. And basically, you know, of course, Amazon is almost a one-stop shop. I wouldn't be surprised if you could just buy houses one day on there. Maybe you could do it now. I don't know. But right now, um, with selling books, it's very easy. They've even come out with an app or an, uh, called Kindle... Is it Kindle Bookmaker? Kindle Something Maker. And basically what you do is you use that. Once you have your book all written, it helps you with the formatting so that you can get it on their website and you know in just a few minutes. It's it's just they've made the process so easy. So there's really not a lot of technique involved. You want to write the best book that you can write. Nonfiction, fiction, whatever is your go-to. Clearly, romance sells the most, but you can write anything you want. And the great thing about it is if you're not technologically savvy, there are very inexpensive ways in which you can get assistance and help. You can go to a site called Fiverr and Fiverr will be able to not only you will be able to find somebody that can illustrate your work so that you can have a great cover that reflects what you just wrote. But you can find someone on Fiverr that will also be able to edit your work and be able to publish it for you, like edit it and put it on, um, structure it so that it has the right formatting and everything and be able to structure everything so that you just basically have to just download the book for yourself. And I can really appreciate that because I'm not really technologically savvy. Rita is the one. So I usually will go to her. But but when I go on Fiverr and Fiverr is really inexpensive Generally, it, the whole concept is is that you can get anything done for five bucks. Not really, cool. yeah, no. <laughs> but but it is really inexpensive. I mean, they range from anywhere from five dollars right up until you know in the hundreds. But or you really even can thousands depending on your project. Depending on your project, but you really can get it for inexpensive. I know that I have been able to get help and assistance for under a hundred dollars to get a cover, to get them to edit, to get them to format, and all of that would be under $100 for a book. Right. I looked it up. It's called Kindle Create. And I think that was Amazon's way of making it more accessible so that people didn't have to pay per book. If you're only writing a certain number of books, using Fiverr or Upwork, which is another place where freelancers are there where you can choose from, if you didn't want to, if you don't, if you're not writing that many books, I think it's great. If you're one of those people that are working more on volume, then, you know, it can get quite costly. But at the end of the day, you will, you will get your return. It will actually be something where you get a return on your investment. With writing books, you can also use CreateSpace to make hardcover books. In fact, I think Amazon, it's, it's a, CreateSpace is an Amazon company, but um, you can also make your book paperback or hardcover straight from now Kindle. So there's two ways that Amazon has actually offered for you to make your hardcover. So one of the things that you can do through CreateSpace and through Amazon, um, so when you put your book on Kindle, it will give you the option. Do you now want to make it a paperback or in a hardback? Usually people say yes, because there are people who don't still don't have a Kindle and don't want one. And you want to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. And then there's another way of now getting your book out to people through Audible. So now you're making an audiobook. So now you've got your digital book, you've got your paperback, you've got your hardcover. Now you've got your audiobook. Um, and what you do on that is you go to another website, which is, um, which is connected with Audible and you put your product on there, your book on there, and you allow people to bid on that project and say, you know, there are people who actually do voice work for a living and they just, uh, 
they just voice over books. And what they do is they'll say, you know, I will do it for this amount of money. And you basically, you know, field all the offers and, and you, you get a taste of each, well, not a taste, but you get a, a little snippet of each voice to see if it matches the voice in your book. And you basically now split the revenue depending on the contract that you made with them. It's, it actually works out really well for a lot of people. So we've been coming from the perspective of if you want to write the book, but if you notice, there are so many subsidiary opportunities outside of that. If you noticed, paying attention, you could start a company on Fiverr where if you're a great editor, you could start your own company doing editing or you can um, start your own company doing designing for book covers. And so do you see all the opportunities that are out there that kind of flow from? So even when it comes to getting free images, um, there are people that um, create these sites where they draw and they do all these free images, which are, it brings a lot of people to the site because they may not want to necessarily purchase this this particular artwork and have to deal with all the rights and the copyrights and all that all that stuff. But how they're able to make money is something else that we are going to eventually talk about, which is affiliate marketing, where or or not just affiliate marketing, actually, um, you know. Um, ad revenue, I'm sorry, um, ad revenue on those sites so that while people may not be purchasing your artwork, you can put ads on your site where you have all this free content. And so it's just a ton of ways to make money just based on your skill set, based on your giftedness. You have to realize that the resources are all out there. But if someone put some sugar, some flour, some vanilla, a carton of eggs, some yeast and whatever else it is to make a cake, that doesn't necessarily mean that I could go and make that cake from scratch. But in the right hands, someone can make a beautiful, beautiful cake. Some people will make a cake that would fall apart. I will be the one that will just go and buy a cake. And so the <laughs> internet is like that. They will give you everything from the raw materials to something almost prepackaged for you to just slap your name on it and sell it. And that's great. Um, with writing books, there's two strategies. There's some who say, I will go, I'm going to write, you know, the great American novel. I'm sure everybody has heard that phrase. And everyone has, you know, an unfinished draft in their desk drawer. And it never gets finished. Or if it does, it's like, you know, it's way too long or it's way too short. Or it's just, it's, it's too philosophical or whatever it is. And other people say, you know what, I just want to write to entertain. One of the best examples of that is James Patterson. He is what he calls himself the Henry Ford of publishing. He has a lot of co-authors and he puts out material in almost all genres and he pumps out those books and he's that, he says, I'm just here to entertain. Some people don't like his books because they feel that it's lacking a certain amount of substance and literary genius but he says i'm not going for literary genius i'm going for entertainment so he's more in the volume other people like um oh man i could most authors just want to publish a certain amount and maybe maybe 10 maybe 10 good ones but you know only three maybe will win an award and that's their life work Meanwhile, James Patterson will probably put out 10 in just a couple of months. Well, the person that did Gone with the Wind, how many books did they put out? I think she did one. Right. Margaret Mitchell. Right. Gone with the Wind. You and know? then that, that has lasted the test of time. It's become an American icon. It's fading now, though, because like I always kind of judge it by, you know, what does this next generation think of these types of books? Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to get my kids to read Gone with the Wind, and uh, they, were, they were very bored. And mm. I, I actually liked the book. I mean, it's portrayal of the South and the race and, of course, is offensive to many people. Um, but that's that, that really wasn't the point of what of the book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to always take the 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 you have to take into account the person who's writing it, the time they were writing it. And then, of course, the time period it was made. So I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just right. saying that you're right. Gone with the Wind. It it's has like, stood the test of time for many, many, many years, which I think is now fading. Right. And then you have the person that did Fifty Shades who just did three books and then that was it. It was like a hit and made millions and millions. So or or like, even J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter. Yeah. She found her, her niche 
and that was it. She didn't she didn't go off into other genres. Well, actually, no. She she's starting to write other genres now too. Right. But that's just like she must just have a love of writing because she doesn't have to. But there are people that can do it two ways. Either you get that hit that becomes that one hit wonder that you know everybody loves, and then you make tons and tons of money. Or you go for the long haul and you begin to build your brand and you start to knock out several books. And in that process of writing several books, you begin to make a name for yourself because through sheer volume, people um, begin to um, see you as credible and as the expert. Right. Amazon realizes that because there are no gatekeepers, um, every year they make more and more rules because they want quality books. They do not want books that are written very cheaply they want grammar correct they want formatting correct they want it to be something that is high quality so you know if you're not a writer either either hire someone who is a writer to ghostwrite for you or you can even work it out where you're co-author so the next one we want to talk about is podcasting and that's what we're doing right now podcasting was something that i looked up years ago but i thought oh I don't know how to do that. How do people even, where do you get the equipment? How do you get on iTunes? It just was something that I thought was impossible. Last year, I said, you know what? Podcasts are growing so much. It seemed like everybody was getting a podcast. And I knew it was something that we needed for our brand. There's only so much that you can really do and talk about on YouTube. And I knew it was something that my, my husband and I should really look into so I started to look on the internet, and of course, the internet has a wealth of information. And what I found was, was that just like everything else, there's a million ways to do it. There are places where you can buy the equipment all in one shot where they say, buy this box and I will give you everything you need to make your podcast. There are some people who use mixers, some people who do it straight to their computer, a million different mics. like. It's, it's a very interesting process because it all depends on what you want out of it. Then there are a, a lot of places online that will actually host your podcast. Um, so they make it easy. Just upload it there, write your title, your description, and your artwork, and boom. It's on Google Play. It's on Stitcher. It's on, um, it's on iTunes. It's a really great way to get your message out. Now people say, well, how do you make money, though? Well... The way you make money is not your standard way of making money through like ad revenue, through ads like on YouTube or sponsors who pay like a subscription every month. No, this is actually more um, about people, brands or sponsors that say, hey, I want you to advertise my product at the beginning or the middle at the end of your podcast. That is how the majority of them make money. So a lot of podcasts actually are sponsored by Audible. So you will hear someone say this, you know, at the beginning, they'll say audible, blah, 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 going, go check it out, audible. And then they will get into their podcast. Audible will then, uh, what audible does is they send them amount of money based on however many episodes they've contracted to advertise their product. And that's just one company. Many companies are sponsoring podcasts because they know that they are, you know, depending on your statistics, they, they gauge how many people am I going to get my, my product down front of if I, if I say to this podcast, can you mention my product online? That's the most, um, that's basically the way most podcasters make their money. And that is with sponsorships. Um, there's really not another way. Now, what you can do is you can videotape your podcast and then place it on things like YouTube, where people will now, or now you will get the money through ad revenue that YouTube might play at the beginning or whatever other ads you place on your video. That's another way. So that's really the both the best ways. Another way, though, is if you host your podcast on, well, you not host. If you also connect your your own website to your podcast, then now people come to your website to listen to your podcast, and then. You might offer things on your pod, your website like a class or a subscription to a monthly newsletter, or you might even link it to um, an affiliate marketing thing, which is we're we're going to get into that next, which is basically someone you know presses on a link for something that you're advertising, and then you get paid secondarily through that. So that's how podcasts really generate um, income. And the great thing about podcasts are 
millions of people get up every day to go to work and they don't really want to be looking at a video. Sometimes you're in a subway or you're in a bus or you're driving and really looking at a video is not optimal. And they just want to hear something entertaining or something um, or something enriching or valuable. Hopefully that's what you're getting with us. And that's what they want to do. They just want to listen. And a lot of people have kind of said nah, to, to podcasts because they don't get immediate money. So one of the things you have to think about with podcasts is message over money because money is going to come a lot later. So it has to be, you know, whether it's an entertaining message, like let's break down the real housewives or let's talk about how to make money or whatever it may be, or just entertaining through, you know, talking about true crime, whatever it is, you're going to have to really do it because you like it because you will not make money at first. And, um, but it's rewarding because eventually you do get a certain amount of people who do want to hear your message. And then when the brands start coming around to say, Hey, we would like to advertise it, it, it really starts to pay off and it's a win-win. Yeah. A lot of people undervalue, uh, podcasting because they think, you know, you're not seen, um, like television or like the internet with this new generation that will carry it around. But you know, the radio still is very strong. It is a really strong base. And like you said, especially for those travelers that are in the inner city or truckers or people that travel. Um, I remember living in major cities, especially Toronto, and you could be in traffic for two, three hours on your way back home. And what are you going to do? You can't really look at your phone um, because you could get a ticket. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the podcast and, um, and radio broadcasting is just a, a wonderful way. And like you said, getting that message out, you need to be passionate about something that you're talking about, something that you're dealing with, passionate about entertaining others. And then through your influence, you are going to, um, you're going to build opportunities. And that's the thing. The money comes probably first by building opportunities for money making for money to be made. No, there's that saying, I have a face for radio. Well, some people maybe have a face for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but it's great. It's it's a it's a really nice tool and you have the freedom to basically talk about anything. And everybody goes to iTunes first and it's great that iTunes does not build up a lot of barriers. You know, it's really actually very easy to get your podcast on there. How you drive traffic over there? Same thing. You got to have a strategy through keywords and advertising. And those are all the things we'll talk about in depth as we break down each one in separate ones. So how about affiliate marketing? So affiliate marketing is something where I've seen a lot of people actually make a really good amount of money with. Now, what that is, is you can have a website. Either you have a website through your own personal brand where it's just a really genuine website where it's like, hi, my name is Bob Smith and you know, I'm a online entrepreneur and I do this and this and this, and this is the website that I use to host my website, or this is a product that I always use to, you know, format my, my books, whatever it is. And you have links on the website. When that person presses that link and then signs up for the same thing that you use, you will get a cut of that money. Some people build websites around products. So for example, they'll build a blog around watches and they will talk about how I love to collect watches, the watches of the world. I, I like vintage watches. They'll just do a whole thing about watches. And then what they'll do is they'll have a link to certain watches. So let's say they put a link um, to a watch that was sold on, that is sold on Amazon. What they will do then is as when you press on that link to say, oh, I want to buy this watch, that person who sent you there through their website gets a cut of that money. The thing with Amazon affiliate links is you not only get a cut from whatever that person, from that watch that person bought, but you get a cut, even if they didn't buy the watch, you get a cut of whatever they bought on Amazon at that time. So there's a lot of different companies that have affiliate links that you can put on there. Um, one of the most common is ClickBank um, and of course Am being an Amazon affiliate. These are really good avenues but also other companies will contact you as well and they will say hey I see your website gets in a lot of traffic um, I would really appreciate it if we can work out something where I 
you put this link on your website and I we will work out a cost split, a revenue split. So there's a lot of different ways to get those affiliate links. And usually people, they call themselves, you know, like an affiliate marketer and just advertising different products and just getting a cut of the revenue when people actually sign up or purchase a product. And a lot of people have made good money off of that. But usually I've seen the people who make, the people who I see make the most amount are people who have like a genuine native blog that was not built just for the affiliate marketing. Because one of the things you want to have is trust. You need to have trust. And when you have already built a name for yourself in your community of influence, then when you say, I use this, and someone says, okay, well, you know what? I trust this person. I've been listening to them for a while or watching them for a while, and they press on that, then usually I've seen that be the most um, beneficial and most revenue generating type of affiliate marketing. Well, that you know that was so informative and um rita understands this stuff so much more than i do she just this is her world she really uh puts a lot of time and research into this so every time that i listen i am actually learning more and i actually enjoy listening to this stuff you should have seen his face when i'm talking he's like oh okay <laughs> yeah like i you know i'm always learning something new when whenever she um kind of shares what she knows but I'm noticing the time and that it's going by so fast and we have not been able to get through our entire list. So it looks like we're going to have to end here and then pick up in a part two. If you enjoy this, you're definitely going to enjoy the next sections because the next sections, we still have to cover social media and entertainment, which is our expertise. This is the areas that we have received the most success in. And um, we still have to talk about building apps and um, music. I think we're going to have to have three parts. We may have to do three yeah, parts. I think so. So, um, but for now, we hope that we have given you some value. This is just an overview also, just a reminder. You know, we have to now detail each and every single one of these, like exactly how, what do you need to do to be selling products, private label, exactly what you need to do step-by-step step with dropshipping. I want to remind you that we will be coming out with some classes as well in Onyx Star Media, um, Onyx University. And so we have just so much that we are excited to give you. And hey, you get it even for free right here on the podcast. So that's wonderful. Um, and if you appreciate it and you enjoy what we're saying and you want more detail and you want to be able to have a greater access to our knowledge base, then you're probably going to really want to purchase the classes that we offer as well. So um, at this time, I just hope that you really enjoyed yourself. And Yes, thanks for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Go to theonyxlife.com where show notes are found. And also you can send us any questions or feedback um, on the ask us section or in the contact section you can join our facebook the onyx life follow us on twitter at the onyx life and on instagram at the onyx life official now go and live that onyx life where change comes with challenge see you next time